Hey there, I'm Judy Kroon. Welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper. Um, this is going to be a different episode. This is, uh, well, you know what? Some situations, i.e. COVID, i.e. our recent city shutdown, uh, really test our strengths and our touchstones like humor, like gratitude. And um, I, I think the show will explain itself. Uh, my guest today is my good friend, Jim Ducharme. Jim and I go way back, go back to uh, radio days here in Toronto when uh, I was on the mix. And Jim was the, the mastermind behind... Um, all, all the, all the technology, all of the, all the, the, the audio, uh, all that stuff. And um, possessor of the most magnanimous huge head in radio. Oh yeah, your nickname was Huge Head. That's right. Don't, don't you remember when, when Daryl Carnegie and I, Daring Daryl and I, decided to do the whole Groundhog thing, and whether or not I could see my head, my shadow. On Groundhog Day, and my <laughs> my head turned out to be so huge it blocked out the sun, and people were panicking. <laughs> That's right. No. Or, <laughs> or my my personal favorite one was when you guys did the um um the Star Trek uh, lovers contest, and you 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 basically got two listeners to come in and and tolerate being in the room with me, you know, as I work because I talk about Star Trek too much. <laughs> you know, That's um, right. And you know, and I'm in the room with these two girls and it's like, you know, and I'm I'm pointing my finger at the screen going, "You see that? You see that? It looks like a fun sponge, but that thing eats people." <laughs> you've always had a great sense of humor you know I always say that my favorite comedians my favorite people in life are people who can take the crap out of themselves especially when you know times are stressful and especially when times are 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 low those are my favorite people and uh Jim Jim and I ended up going um uh, ended up going uh, forward in a sense that I was doing a fundraiser involving the mix. And Jim said it was uh, for, it was called Laugh Lines for Princess Margaret Hospital. And Jim said, listen, uh, I'm happy to help you whatever way I can. You ended up helping me not only with the, uh, the background stuff for that, the promo, but then you went on to build my website and you taught me how to use my website uh, to, to use it from, from the dashboard. You're like, you know what, Grasshopper, you got to do this one day on your own. I am so grateful for those lessons. And um, anyway. Jim. But, you know, number one, don't, don't, let's not, you know, push me up that, that, uh, that <laughs> post too much. Number two, um, you know, the, yeah, sure. Learning is great, but mm. teaching is better. Mm. Um, and I am, you know, the situation I'm in right now could be better. Mm. It's, uh, you know, uh, I mean, do, do we want to get into that right off the top or do Absolutely. we want to Jim, this is your, your show. You know, we always wanted to do a podcast together and I'm sorry that this is the podcast that we're doing, but at the same time too, after chatting with you earlier this week for people, like I said, who are saying, I can't handle COVID. I can't handle not being able to pay my bills. 
folks, you need to listen to Jim's story because this will, this will give you strength. This will give you perspective. So the floor, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, I will keep it short then. Um, I've been, you know, greatly lucky in my life to have um, never been in a hospital for anything other than tonsillitis. And I think once they, you know, strolled me by because I had the worst case of pneumonia they've ever seen in their lives. And, Mm. you know, and that certainly filled me with confidence. And it's like, uh, you know, I've been talking to you, Doc, for five minutes, and you just told me that I have the worst case of one of the worst kinds of pneumonia you've ever seen, but I shouldn't worry about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, and I said, that's like being in the space shuttle with one wing missing and the pilot going, we're good. We're good. I, I, I see a highway down there. We can do this. No problem. Um, but other than that, I'd never had problems along those lines. And uh, then uh, the last year or so, I've started to have some issues. My friends noticed it, but they, you know, there's only so much they can do to get you to, to, to address it. And, um, you know, it, it got progressively worse just before Christmas. And then, um, well, I, you know, I hope everyone here had a great Christmas. My, my biggest concern is that you remember it because I don't, um, I, I remember very little of it. I ended up, you know, uh, thanks to my ex-wife, the police, you know, came by the house, realized there was a problem and, um, and, and, and took me to the hospital. Um, and I spent, uh, you know, about almost a month in there over Christmas, um, missing my Christmas day with my daughter, um, with a brain tumor. And, um, you know, it's, it, it is apparently the worst kind of, I should probably have brought my notes up so I could tell you, give you the name, but I can't remember the name. It is apparently the worst kind of cancer that's out there and it decided to make you know it's home you know i mean i wouldn't have minded it so much if it had taken a basement room Mm -hmm. uh but it didn't it decided to move into the penthouse and you know that's the worst damn place um that it can go and it's it's even worse i think for and i you know i don't i hope this doesn't come out sounding wrong but mm. it's it's even worse in a way for people like you and i because we've been trained as journalists as mm. documenters observers um we can't help watching ourselves in detail any more than we can stop doing it for other people it's it's it after a while it becomes a a i don't know if you can come up with the right word judy but it's mm. it's just entrenched in you Exactly. An obsession almost. Yeah. And, you know, so to make a long story short, and I, I, I'm telling you, it's an experience that is, it, it's an experience because you'll, you'll be strapped to a bed. Uh, you'll, you'll hear people, you know, it's, it's, you know, a guy two doors down, you know, going, I don't really want to be in this room because the guy I'm in here with is kind of stabby. Mm. Um, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's like, I wouldn't mind that if you were in another province, but you're not what's, Um, you know, time is relevant mm -hmm. and time when you're sick, like I am right now, time is, is extremely relevant. And, um, so is your ground. I mean, the worst part of this disease up till now, aside from the whole, you know, hammering around in my thick skull is is that I feel as if I'm walking on very wet, mushy sand. 
mm. that's un- unbalanced on either side of me. And, you know, yesterday I took a tumble down the stairs. Oh, geez. Which, it wasn't a serious one, but it was unfun. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are literally claw marks in the paint from where I grabbed the, the ledge. Mm. Um, so I obviously at the time was under the impression that it was a bad, bad thing. Um, you know, uh, this morning I, you know, I needed to walk my daughter back to her mother's house and I had my walker, you know, I've got my nice walker with the, you know, the probably the best 10 speed I've ever had, even though it doesn't have 10 speeds, but it's a sexy looking one. (laughs) Um, you know, the, the, so I could only get her so far. And then I stood at the top of the street and made sure she got, you know, uh, into her mother's house. Okay. But it was, it, it was another moment where I wanted to punch something. It's funny. Maybe it's because my, you know, someone said to me yesterday, they said, you know, you made this investment, Jim, without knowing it by being a decent human being. And now mm. it's coming back, coming back to, you know, to, to pay off. And, uh, and it, and it's wonderful. I mean, um, my father did a lot of good for the community and had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people at his funeral, but he didn't see him. You know, um, I don't plan on having any kind of big funeral or anything. I, you know, I, my friend and I have discussed what my final wishes are and she's prepared to take care of them. And, um, you know, um, you know, it's, I don't want to freak anybody else out, but my actual plan is to have my ashes scattered in small bits in, in, in sugar, uh, in restaurants so that I can always (laughs) be with you. Excellent. We'll look out for that. You know, I, I mean, we look, I've had my moments yesterday was, a, I, and I knew this was going to happen on different days when there would be hard moments. Yesterday was a hard day. Mm. But having said that, um, I'm almost 60 years old. I like, am I going to complain about 10 to 20 years? Uh, you know, am I, do I want to sit here and feel sorry for myself? Am I going to feel worse for myself? Then I feel for a friend of mine who's known me for 30, 40 years or even 10 or even, you know, a few months, who's literally losing it because of what's happening to me. Um, how can I feel worse about it? They have to keep thinking about it. They, they'll have time where they have to deal with that. Me, you know, I'm going to have a few bad weeks and then, um, you know, everything's going to go mushy dark. Um, it's you know, and, and then I have that wonderful option if I have to, to haunt the crap out of the people that have been jerks. With me. <laughs> and I'm perfectly capable of it if I have to. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you but, are. <laughs> but, you know, Judy, the most important thing in these situations is like the conversation we're having right here. Mm-hmm. You, you have, you know, your friends are everything. And, um, you know, my uncle was not a very nice man and he mm. was a very stingy man and a very rich man. And he didn't have a very good end mm-hmm. because of that. Um, you know, just because you're dying doesn't mean people won't walk away from you. So let me ask you this. First of all, we, we don't have a crystal ball and I know, I know that, you know, we wish for a miracle, but first of all, do you know approximately how much time or how much time did the doctor say you have? And what do you want to do with that time? I, 
have an idea of what my time is, but you know, the irony, the, the strange part is I just, you know, had a call today from a, a friend who's got a, you know, whose cousin had it and mm. was given eight months and lived 15 years. Wow. I, my time range is eight months, 18 months, you know, okay. the, when doctors give you averages about stuff like that, they mm -hmm. give you statistics. So they say, this is the longest anyone's ever lived with it. This is the shortest. 50% uh, of the people live eight months. 61% of the people live 18 months. It, you know, I mean, it, it, it's not about the time. It's, it's time is a bag mm -hmm. and it matters what you stuff into it. And um, there is, you know, luckily, and I think part of this comes from being a broadcaster uh, or former broadcaster and writer, luckily you can't, um, you've, when you, I guess when you've been trained and worked in this business like this and you realize that there's really nothing you can do, there's, there's no, um, and, and, and I, if, if you're listening right now and you just heard that and you groaned and you, there's all, and you're thinking there's always something you can do. Yes, that's true. But there's also a certain level of reality. And, um, you know, I had people initially saying to me, well, don't say that, don't say that, it, you know, you don't want to get into that mindset. Um, you know, you could live a lot longer. Sure, I could. But, you know, if I had spent my entire life saying I'll never get cancer, I'll never get cancer, and certainly not in the brain, that wouldn't have protected me from, you know, from this, like the, the nurse looked me right in the eye and said, you know, and we're in a darkened hospital room and, and, and said, you know, the, you didn't do this. You know, you didn't put this there. Nothing you did, did this. Apparently it was about the size of a grapefruit. They got most or all of it out, but they, you know, the nurse said, but Jim, the problem is, is that the, the tumors have like a plaque on them that's still, that we can't get off, you know, the, the organs when we operate and it continues to grow. So, um, you know, I, I think that they were really surprised by my reaction because mm -hmm. the, the nurse decided the nurse and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, God bless nurses and nurse practitioners because especially now. Yeah. I don't think if you don't understand that these people are saving our asses every damn day and putting their own at risk, you are just completely out of it. They, they don't have enough doctors to, right. to be in there to talk to you about this stuff. And it was the nurses that, you know, that stepped up for the most part when they could. So Jim, because, listen, I, I yeah. have to ask you, um, because I know you wanted to get this message out. What do you want to do with your time? I, with my time right now at this moment, uh, for the next few days, I'm still trying to, um, assuage the rest of spirits in, 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 in that I'm dealing with and, and, um, make sure I'm a little bit more centered on, on where I'm at. And then I have to decide what I'm going to do with my time. As far as, you know, there's my daughter who doesn't mm -hmm. know about the situation and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I want her to have a great summer at least. And then mm -hmm. the other thing is, is a legacy. And I just have to decide how I'm going to, to mark that legacy and put it forward. I've thought about writing about this, um, 
you know, I've written one book already. I thought about writing a second book, but then I thought if I knew that I had a few years, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd do it. Uh, I'd be willing to give up a few months to, to write that book or a year. Um, my last one took me almost a year to write, so uh, I'd be willing to do that. But if I'm not sure that I have that time, uh, I'm not sure that I want to do it because I, you know, when I was in the hospital, um, the subject came up and almost every nurse said, well, we never had anyone write about this. Mm. And and then I had a nurse come into the room and I we started talking and she told me that, yeah, they have a whole book about that. It's just that they never get around to handing mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I mean, it comes back to the same thing that you've heard other people say talk about it if you're a private person and and you would feel you know feel threatened by other people knowing about that kind of a uh, of a condition then then protect it be quiet about it do what you need to do but make sure you know i i, I will tell you what makes me the the luckiest person on earth is that I, I'm not living in a basement apartment somewhere with a little old lady upstairs who thinks I'm a, you know, pot smoking lunatic and bangs her cane on the friggin' floor every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not living under a, in a tent somewhere um, within, you know, I know you, we need to wrap this up. So I'll tell you a quick story. And when, when I was first, the first week that I was in the hospital, I got a message from, from my friend of 30 years, Linda. It's probably more like 40, but I got a message from her on text saying, um, uh, you know, your sister called me. I know what's going on. I'm packing. I'm getting things ready. I will be at your place within the next two days ready to receive you. And as she's getting that together, she gets a phone call from my neighbor next door and her sister who have a key to my house. And 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 they're telling her, um, we'll see you soon. We're going over to clean his house now. Mm. And they, they, they cleaned my house, Oh, you know, Incredible. and when I got home and talked to her a couple of days ago, I've been home for, um, for just over a week now. But when I got home and talked to her a couple of days ago, she said, Jim, I, I don't think you really understand how much people care about you mm-hmm. uh, here. And, you know, and I've had neighbors, I, I've had neighbors, salt my walkway i've had neighbors drop off personal health aids i mean i had one neighbor drop off a hundred dollar walker for god's sakes jim i know a lot of folks don't realize that you're a writer they have no idea they just see you as this um, social media guru and man working behind the scenes all the time but uh i've known for the past couple of uh, years what a great writer you are and I was wondering if um, if I could read your story about the blue heron. Is that okay? You want to read it right now? Yeah. A great blue heron swoops in a slow arc just above the water and then silently lands on the dock in front of me. The bird pays little attention and goes straight to work fishing. Just hours earlier, as I floated with my daughter on the lake, a family of ducks swam right by us. For years, I've been coming to my best friend's cottage in Quebec with the hope of renewal. And this is the first year I've come here happy and allowed myself to relax. It's beautiful. 
Most writers dream of a secluded lakefront cottage to create their masterpiece, and most of us end up writing in a Starbucks. I know I'm lucky. In the setting, just an hour north of Ottawa, my daily waypoints consist of swims in clean lake water, relaxing conversation, and a lot of summer fun with my 10-year-old daughter. Bird calls instead of traffic sounds and a sky full of stars instead of streetlights. When you consider the kind of monotony most of us deal with day to day, you can understand why people go to the trouble and expense to purchase and maintain a cottage. I'm blessed to have a friend who welcomes myself and my daughter here one week each summer. The very first day here, my 10-year-old child's joyful laughter echoed around the gentle hills as we floated and played in a lake. She had a raft, and at one point she suggested we recreate the iconic final scene from the movie Titanic. Oh, how do we do that, I asked. You lift me on the raft, and then you sink in the bottom of the lake, she replied. I only managed to sink halfway, but it was a pretty epic romantic scene, a moment I couldn't have shared with her just a year ago. I couldn't have had that special moment, that perfect moment because I felt like a cat tossed into a black sack, panicking, alone, terrified of what might happen next. As I sit here by a glacial surrounded by pine-covered granite hills, it's a little like reaching an emotional high ground when you have better perspective on your journey and the experiences, good and bad, have been part of that journey. I know depression and I know trauma. Both have been a part of my adventure and at times my only companion on long nights. All right, Jim, I'm going to leave it on that note. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for making me sound like a author. You are. You uh, are. If, if it's. It. I never expected that, you know, that chapter to be predictive uh, to mm. some degree. But again, it's, you know, th this, if we can't talk to you, a brother and sister couldn't sit down and have this conversation easily. Uh, but if they hear the conversation, you know, they, they this is my real message. You are not alone. You are not, I know they say that all the time when people are, are, are really alone, but you're not alone. You're not going, you're not some kind of mutant creature that, that has just shown up. You're going through something that more than a few humans go through. And now you have the internet, you have social media. There are groups out there that will, that will reach out and embrace you. If you don't have family, don't, don't close yourself off don't you know i mean like god has much better things to do than point fingers at people you know for petty reasons and 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 condemn them it's it's not um we're the ones who condemn we're the ones who judge we're the ones who retaliate um it's unfortunate that this kind of thing happens to people but i've had almost 60 incredible years and I am not going to sit here 
and complain about that. It's it's the same thing as you mentioned Punch Andrews earlier. Mm-hmm. What did Punch Andrews do when he when he got cancer? He punched it, yeah. and he punched it hard. He sure did. You know, um, and and his most of his, uh, you know, um, most of his comments regarding the whole thing were worry about us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was worried about us, not about you know himself. Exactly. Uh, so, um, you know, it's uh, anyway. I'm going to shut up now because I can just keep going. And that's, <laughs> Jim, we'll uh, we'll chat again. Thank you so much, and thank you. and thank Godspeed. you for being my friend. Oh, Jim, I can't thank you enough. You have been um, you, you you are an amazing friend, and um, lots of people love you. Lots of people are thinking of you. Lots of people are you know sending you good vibes and prayers. So you continue continue writing as long as you can because uh you have an important message to share and those those, that that message will be eternal and judy you have an important message to share too and that is gracefulness and compassion thanks my friend thank you